Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you here at the NovaCare Complex and exciting times indeed for the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFL, of course. The NFL draft begins next Thursday. We got a, the busiest, best, most productive, most important weekend of the NFL's offseason begins on April 28th, runs through April 30th. We'll have complete coverage right here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. We'll have it in our social channels. We'll have it on our app. We'll have it on the Eagles Insider podcast, Journey to the Draft podcast with Fran Duffy. He does such a great job. Our Eagles updates. We hope that you are subscribed to all of what we do. The Eagles really in a position to kind of change the direction of this franchise, or at least enhance the direction of this franchise with 10 selections in this 2022 NFL draft, including, of course, picks 15 and 18. Uh, the podcast today uh, got a lot to get to. We're going to talk with Jeffrey Lurie, Eagles chairman and CEO. As you know, made the announcement a couple of weeks ago that the Eagles will introduce some changes to the alternate jersey situation for 2022 and 2023. This year, the Eagles will include black helmets with the black jerseys. And then in 2023, the classic Kelly Green comes back. And so I wanted to talk to Jeffrey kind of more in depth about the decision to do that, the planning for many years that the team and the league have had to make this a reality. And Jeffrey excited to share some of the behind the scenes conversations with me. So hang in there for that. Later, we'll also hear from Todd McShay, ESPN draft analyst about the Philadelphia Eagles and what he sees with his football team and what they might be staring at at picks 15 and 18 in round one next week. But first, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman, head coach Nick Sirianni, met the media on Wednesday at the Novacare Complex. We wanted to have some takeaways from that press conference here. We'll provide the last word next week on the Eagles Insider Podcast, so make sure you're with us. As well as a very special story of a first-round pick from the Eagles. I'm not going to tell you who it is, what it was like in those moments before, during, and after that pick was made years ago. But we'll save that for next week. But the last word will come here from the Eagles Insider Podcast. For now, we want to try to parse out what Howie and Nick said to the media on Wednesday. First, Roseman, for the first time, talking about the big trade with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Eagles traded a first-round pick. Actually, they traded two first-round picks. They get one pick back in the first round, so the Eagles still have two selections. Eagles uh, in the first round. Eagles get an additional third-round pick. Eagles get a first-round pick from the Saints in 2023, second-round pick in 2024. Howie, why did you make the deal with the Saints? Here's what Roseman had to say on Wednesday. Yeah, I think... um we were kind of looking at the this year and next year and the amount of picks that we had in this year's draft and um, trying to kind of balance it a little bit for a variety of factors. Um, when you look at having first-round picks in the fifth-year option, um, having that many um, guys on a fifth-year option, also kind of balancing 
just uh, scouting all the players in this draft and next year's draft uh, and having more options and more flexibility at all positions, kind of giving a head start and looking at next year's draft too and seeing that um, it's strong as well as this year's draft. So um, we thought it made sense, you know, obviously from a New Orleans standpoint, um, we look back, there hadn't been really a team that had uh, moved back that far um, for a first round pick. So it made sense for them too. And um, hopefully a win-win situation. Yeah, we're excited about Jalen Hurts, you know, and um, uh, we're going to support Jalen and, and want him to have a, a great career in Philly. And this was about flexibility for our team and um, about making sure that we had resources um, to improve our team for not only this year's draft, but next year's draft going forward. We thought it made a lot of sense. A bit later on, Roseman, as everybody's kind of trying to figure out where will the Eagles go and everybody's uh, judging the Eagles roster and... A lot of people out there saying, hey, safety is a position to consider, right? Rodney McLeod signs with the Colts. Eagles bring back Anthony Harris. In the past, they've used draft picks on the safety position, including Kayvon Wallace and Marcus Epps and some young players back there. So out there, away from Novacare, the thought is that the Eagles have a need at safety. Roseman didn't quite agree with that assessment, as here he talks about the safety picture. Well, I think we have we have other defense backs there too. You know, we drafted Kayvon Wallace. Um, we we got two guys. We brought Andre in here from Indy. Um, we got Jared Maiden um, here as well, and that's even before the draft. And and obviously, you know, we got a long time till we play a game. But we like those guys. Um, that's why we brought Anthony back. That's why we signed him in the first place. Um, that's why we drafted Kayvon um, Marcus. He's a guy who played a lot of football for us last year. We're excited about him too. And so, um, you know, I I don't know that necessarily we perceive it. Uh, the same way maybe that you described. Now, during this pre-draft process, the Eagles losing two key members of their personnel staff, and we've all wished them very well. Ian Cunningham now with the Bears as an assistant general manager. Brandon Brown now with the Giants as an assistant general manager. They've been key for years here with the Eagles. They have moved on. So that was a question at the press conference, along with the idea that coaches might have more input with Cunningham and Brown gone. Here's what Roseman had to say on that. Uh, the, the coaching staff has always, always been our partners in this, and I think for us that that did, was the same when Brandon and Ian were here. That's the same now. Um, you know, I think for for Coach and his staff, like being part of the process and um, giving us their perspectives is huge. I mean, at the end of the day, like as much as we could like a player, if there's not a scheme fit, if there's not a role, if there's not a vision, then it doesn't matter, you know, because we're not down on that field. And um, I think the the partnership that we have with our coaching staff is special. Um, it's been a really fun process, but um, the coaches also deferred to the fact that these guys spend a lot of time and know these guys really well. And um, our scouting staff, our coaching staff, the amount of hours they put in together, so, um, you know, again, I feel like it's very balanced in terms of the inputs from both those sides. Doesn't it seem like the mock drafts are kind of all over the place with those first 10, 12, 14 picks? It really does. Like, nobody even knows for sure what Jacksonville will do at number one when a year ago everyone knew they were taking Trevor Lawrence. So how he talked about that, the draft predictability or unpredictability right in front of Philadelphia at 15. Yeah, I think that um, there's consistency in terms of, of the players that we see going probably in the top 20. You know, now a couple of those could change, but I, I don't think it's so drastically different um, in terms of the 
players that are going to go in the top 20. I think where it will start to change is after that. I think you're going to see a lot of different boards. Um, guys, Some guys that are going between 21 and maybe 51 where we pick in the second round, you'll see a, a lot of uh, variables that go into those picks. I think. One of the themes of this NFL offseason has been wide receivers and the skyrocketing value of that position. Huge trades. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, the deal that Christian Kirk got in um, Miami. I, just exploding markets. And Roseman talked about how that wide receiver position has boomed in the offseason. Yeah, I think uh, every year a uh, position kind of um, becomes like, uh, I like that word, the boom. It's like the new mining town, right? It's like um, it, it becomes, you know, you have pass rushers, you have offensive linemen, and now you got wide receivers. And so um, I think at the end of the day, like, um, we talked about this a little bit um, when we were at the league meetings. It's just, you know, you got to make a, a, a decision, you know, on what your priorities are in building the team and um, whether you're going to kind of go with the flow or you're going to kind of figure out what is the most important thing for your team and if there's some value in being different and uh, figuring out what now is kind of the next area. And um, I think we spent a lot of time, you know, Coach and I talk about this all the time, like, you know, if, if we're going to be the same as everyone else, we're probably going to finish in the middle of the pack. And sometimes – you got to take risks and you got to kind of stand out there and do something different than everyone else. And so that doesn't mean that there aren't right decisions to make at that position. But at the same time, if you're if you're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, you're probably, you know, a step late. Sirianni is part of the process, as is the coaching staff. And he talks here about his philosophy on scouting and who he's watching and what he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to, to watch as many guys as I possibly can. Knowing that my uh, expertise is more on the offensive side, that doesn't mean I'm not watching the defensive side, but uh, my expertise is more on, on that side, especially with the skill players, with the quarterbacks, with the receivers, with the tight ends, with the running backs. Um, but, you know, I feel like I'm able to give some good perspective on the defensive players as well in the sense of what it's like for an offensive coach to game plan against. That's kind of how I right, to go about defensive players. Like, what is it going to be like for an offensive coach to game plan against this defensive coach? So want to try to get my eyes as many guys as possible, knowing where my expertise are. Uh, as far as knowing the player, I think that's really important. Obviously, I can't. Um, physically talk to every single player in the draft, but I want to be involved as many in as many as the, of the Zooms as I possibly can be, uh, as many of the uh, the um, 30 visits, you know, when they come in, come in here, uh, the combine interviews, the senior bowl interviews, you know, because I want to know the person as well and, and how that and how that fits uh, in for us. It's not just for the Eagles and for every team about the production and the numbers it's about the makeup of a player physically and mentally and that's something the eagles put a lot of value in the psychological part of the player evaluation we we try to dig deep into uh the background and the character and uh the really the the first credit to that goes to our scouts you know all the the guys that are on the road all year they do a tremendous job of being experts in their school and in their players and so um, they're the ones who really alert us to some guys that we may need to spend extra time with. Um, then uh, all you guys know Dom, um, and there's nobody better in the National Football League than Dom DeSandro about 
um, getting to the bottom of guys and figuring out guys and, and talking to guys and um, understanding who are risks and who are fits um, for this team. He knows our team backwards and forwards. He knows the players that fit um, for our culture, our team, and our city. And so uh, very fortunate to have uh, those two pieces. And then um, we have experts who, who do um, – talk to the guys that we have some questions on and, and try to get to the bottom of it. You know, it's coach and I can think we're good interviewing players, but at the end of the day, like we didn't go to school for it. You know, we don't have that area of expertise. And so um, we, we try to do that and, and really put up just like we do a player evaluation. Um, we try to do a character evaluation on, on all these guys. And now some of them are easy, right? Like some of them are really easy. It's not too hard to figure out a three-time captain. You know, in the SEC, and um, you know, Devontae didn't take long to figure out, right? Like Landon didn't take long to figure out. But some of these guys, they're complicated, and so uh, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, them and, and getting as much background and talking to as many experts as we can to try to figure out the person as much as the player. And then the final takeaway from that press conference here: Nick Sirianni. It's his second time around, and of course, it's not uncharted water for him. He's been through the process, so he's better for that experience in year two. Of course, because you're not you're not showing for the first time, uh, you're not going through the process for the first time together. I think uh, one thing I know that coaches in my past have prepared me for is to is to be able to clearly, um, you know, clearly define what you're what you see and how you're going to use a use a player. And so, um, you know, I think that's just the the, the thing that's made it easier is. You know, you guys already know what how we're going to use guys, and and that doesn't mean you don't continue to have those conversations, or they don't evolve, they don't change a little bit here and there, because uh, you're constantly you're changing your you're constantly changing your process, you're constantly you know tweaking it to make it better, and so there, those conversations happen. But you know, mostly you know that you know the conversations of hey, this is how we would use a player with this skill set. Um, it would be, you know, here, here's what we would do. How do you would use them? Here's a player in the past. How have you – we've had those. Um, and so we're just continuing to build on that and uh, um, that, we, that we started last year. All right, so again, we will have the final word from the Novacare Complex in next week's Eagles Insider Podcast that comes out before Thursday's round one. Don't miss it. It will be a great episode. All right. Uniforms, jerseys, colors, we know you love it because when Jeffrey Lurie made the announcement that the Eagles were bringing back that classic Kelly Green, Eagles fans went bonkers, thrilled. The reaction was over-the-top, tremendously positive. So I felt it was just proper to talk to Jeffrey about the decision to go green, Kelly Green, classic Kelly Green, in 2023, and just everything that is involved. It's so much more involved than simply snapping your fingers and saying, hey, let's change uniforms. Let's change our jersey colors. Uh-uh. One-on-one here with Eagles chairman, CEO, Jeffrey Lurie, about what went in to this very complicated picture of getting those Kelly Green jerseys back on the field. Jeffrey, I'm sitting there in, in at the breakers on... Uh, Tuesday, and you make the announcement about the jerseys and the classic Kelly Green, and we posted it, it put it out, and fans went absolutely crazy, happy, delirious. Why was this so important to you to um, really, and you've been working on this for so long to get this jersey, yep. all, all the jersey rectified? 
Well, David, it's been, we've known the fans really want this. We've wanted it. It's been frustrating because ever since I think it was 2018, when they established the league established, you could have a throwback Jersey or alternate Jersey. And uh, it's just, we didn't have a helmet to go with it. And then they, you know, they had instituted where you could only have one helmet. And so um, we've been waiting, we've been lobbying <laughs> all the time, the last couple of years saying, geez, we know what our fans want. We listen, we want it. Uh, uh, and we just, it's been until um, I think it was last June that they finally allowed us to have a second helmet. And right away we applied to make that a, a classic Kelly green helmet so that we could then institute what we wanted, which was, you know, having the uh, throwback uniforms uh, uh, on the field. And so um it's come finally come to fruition. It's it's going to be it's been great working with Nike, and uh, we're going to have uh, you know a great. They'll they'll talk more about the technology of the uniform, but uh, we've on a two year project of of working with them to have the best player um, friendly uniform possible. Uh, they make changes all the time. They do a lot of research. And so they'll talk more about what that uniform is going to be. But the, the important thing for us was just listening to our fans and finally being able to deliver what we've always wanted, um, which was to have those uniforms on the field. How much through the years had you heard from fans about that jersey and their and their love for the current colors for sure, um, but also those those older colors? Right. I've heard it for a long, long time, and it's never been about – um, you know, oh, we don't like the uh, Kelly green or we want the midnight green or we prefer this one or that. It's always been, um, for me, uh, we really, you know, love the Kelly green and we love the midnight green and why can't we have both? That's part of the Eagles history. And, uh, we couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's been too long. I mean, we just, uh, it's been frustrating for all of us. So, it was exciting to be able to finally tell the fans yesterday um, that we're on schedule 2023. We can't wait to unveil it. The design is going to be um, as close as possible to uh, what, you know, Reggie and Randall and Seth Clyde and all those guys were wearing Reggie, all those guys were wearing. And uh, um, that's the design and um, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to, to both unveil it in different ways and, uh, have the fans be able to um, enjoy it. Jeffrey, I think what's interesting also is that when you really think back and when I know you've studied the colors, all of those colors are really like through the years, they've been different colors. Can you kind of explain as you research right. how different those greens were? Yeah, it's interesting, Dave. So we really kind of looked at every few years and, um, you know, long before I ever bought the team, the, the color green was never <laughs> consistently the same throughout the decades. It was uh, it was kind of versions of lighter green, you could call it. And uh, um, what sometimes got referred to as Kelly green were, you know, quite different shades of green. Um, so we pretty much honed in on um, wanting the era that I just, you know, mentioned to you of Randall, Reggie, et cetera, and and let that be the design and let that be as close to the color as possible and uh um just you know kind of commit to that being the throwback color and design 
because you're right, it, it changed. The, the shades were, were always somewhat different uh, as we looked at it. Jeffrey, there's also the element of black for 2022, and the fans yes. embraced that as well. Can you explain why that's been important, why you kind of went in the direction of black jerseys and now black helmets? I think it's gonna be, that's going to be an absolutely amazing look. That, that should be great. You know, ever since we introduced black, our players, uh, it's probably, well, they love it. They just absolutely love it, and they're excited when those games come around that we're going to be able to wear black. They love wearing all black as well, and especially, and we never had a black helmet. So we're going to take advantage of this rule change. Uh, and since we're going to wait till we have to wait till 2023 for the jerseys uh, that are going to be classic Kelly green, uh, we thought, okay, we have this rule. We have a second helmet available. We have the jersey in place, uh, our black jersey. Let's, let's right away, 2022, uh, go with a black helmet with that black jersey. And uh, uh, it'll be just the design that we have on the field now. And um, I, I think it's going to be you know, pretty awesome. And our players, I know, are going to absolutely love it. And I think our fan, the fans have been great with the black. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great look. And uh, uh, I don't know that we'll be able to continue it once we introduce the uh, throwback jerseys because at the moment you're allowed two helmets, but we're going to go back on the uh, lobbying trail with the, the NFL and see if we can get a third approved, uh, which would be the black helmet once we introduce the, uh, the classic Kelly Green. That would be incredible. And finally, Jeffrey, the, the idea that the fans have spoken and you've listened, I mean, how important through your years has fan feedback been. We all know Philadelphia fans. Not all the feedback is what you want to hear, but certainly you've taken a lot of it into consideration. Well, you know, it's, it's a high priority. It's, uh, you, you can't do everything that you always want to do, but uh, uh, this was a great instance of, uh, of wanting the fans to love the uniforms, and uh, um, I, I felt the same frustration of, well, why can't we have all of this? This is you know, I think we got the, the best fan base, the most uh, intense and, and wonderful fan base in the NFL and uh, great history and uh, uh, just, you know, with great players. And why, why not be able to, to do that? So um, it was a natural. And uh, I, I always think that uh, people underestimate. I, I said this recently that, uh, you know, the sport is more popular than ever. The fans are the key to it all. It's you can always say this is the greatest sport. The television ratings are great, and all that is true. But uh, the year we had with the pandemic, with very very few fans, sometimes completely empty in the stadium, pointed out it's not the same. It's what makes this sport phenomenal is the fans, the intensity, and the sense of community that a team has with its town and its region. Um, those that bonds everybody and that's what makes it special. So, you know, the uniforms are just one example of that, but, uh, when we can, uh, match the love of, uh, of, of our team with the colors that we've been trying to institute and put back on the field, it's, it's a win-win. Time now for our extra point on Wednesday, ESPN's Todd McShay held a conference call with reporters and yes, he talked about the Philadelphia Eagles, what he sees as needs for this football team and what the Eagles might be staring at in round number one. Thank you so much, 
Todd, your, your opinion on the Eagles roster when you look at it and what they might be staring at when their picks come at 15 and 18 in round one? Well, I think if you look at the wide receiver position, if you're sitting there at 15 and you see if I don't know what see the Jamison Williams is going to be the the wild card because I love the kid, uh, the ACL. You know, everybody talks about teams moving up to get him now, and Mort was talking about him in the top 10. So it depends upon how they feel about Jamison Williams as compared to say a Chris Olave who could probably get at 15 without moving up. So you know, and then Drake London coming off the like I say he had the fractured ankle, hasn't run for the clock. How do they feel about him? Garrett Wilson, if you want to move up into the top six, seven, uh, you can get him ahead of Atlanta if he doesn't go four to the Jets. Uh, how do they feel about those receivers? I, I, but I do think Jamison Williams is the one. They could probably – I think they could maybe get him at 15. So, again, but they have to wait till October, November until he's back at 100%, which isn't that bad. I mean, you get him in October, if he's ahead of schedule, which they say he is, if he's in October, uh, you're getting him by midseason. So uh, that would be pretty doggone good for a kid who would have been a top five, top ten pick guaranteed had he been healthy and not had that injury in the national championship game. In a game I believe they would have won had he stayed on the field the whole game and, and, and not gotten hurt in the second quarter. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you and very excited as the draft closes in. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, and I want to say thank you so much to Peter Kelly for putting this all together so brilliantly every single week. Ray Doyle for his work as well. And everyone out there who tunes into each and every episode, if you have a moment to give us a review we love those five stars. They really help. Hey, Jeffrey Lurie pays attention to five stars. So the more you want to hear from him and the people who really make the decisions here, we include a link in the details section of the podcast library every week. Please drop us a five star. It really, really does make a difference. Thank you all so much for joining us once again here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!